for listening to the Life Church Weekly Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. And for any other messages or other resources, please visit us at lcboise.com. impossibility. We're, we're called to a life where when we take that next step, if God's not real, then we fall, then we die, we perish. That's the life that he's called us to live, that it's not just a, you know, I look like my unbelieving neighbor every single day. I do the same things they do. My life goes basically the same way they, theirs goes. No, we're called to a life that is the impossible manifests daily. That there is no, there is no, uh, there's not one thing that we can't do. That all things are possible to those who believe. And that's us. That's us. If it's not us, who is it? It's us. We're the A team. We're the, we're the ones going in in the fourth quarter. We're the, we're the last day's church. And God's appointed us for this time that when his spirit is poured out on all flesh, that we would be the ones that would walk in the impossible. The impossible would just walk in it. It'd be a daily, a daily walk that we walked out. It wouldn't, be a, it wouldn't be something that we did in our own. It wouldn't be something that we like uh, forced to happen on our own. It's just who we are. It's who we are. We are the ones who do the impossible. And, uh, and that can be a big mind shift for some. I know coming from different background of uh, Christianity that that was uh, a new concept for me that it wouldn't, uh, that you kind of were stuck in whatever situation you were in and it was kind of God um, teaching you how to uh, accept uh, whatever situation that you're in and that you were supposed to learn something from that. But the word reveals something so different that, that, you, that we're literally called to a life that looks uh, and, and breathes and walks just like Jesus, just like Jesus. Um, so if we don't know um, some, some key points, some key instructions, um, you could even say mysteries that uh, were revealed through the word, um, if we don't know those, we are going to struggle walking that life out. It's going to be tough. You know, I'd say that the vast majority of the body of Christ is dormant right now. It is, um, it is unusual for a believer to walk in the impossible on a, on a normal basis. And, and, and it's so sad. It's such, a, it's such a misrepresentation of God. And we're called to represent him. We're called to be like him. We're called to do the same things he did. In fact, um, in John 14, 12, Jesus said, the same works I do, you will do, and, and greater works will you do. So not just the same ones Jesus did, but even greater ones, ones that he didn't even do, we're called to do those. And we're, that, that's anyone who believes that's anyone who believes. That's not the, the um, disciples of their day. That's not the apostles. Uh, literally, he said, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works I do, he will do also, and greater works. Amen. So if that's the life we're called to, how does that come about? 
Is it just like you wake up one day and, and then all of a sudden you feel like you can do anything, you feel like you can do the impossible? It doesn't work that way. It's not based on feeling. Uh, if you wait for a feeling, you're gonna be waiting a really long time. And it's not in your emotions, it's not in your soul where you have this, feet, this power, this ability to walk this out. It's in your spirit. It's, it's who you really are. When you become uh, a believer, when you're born again, you are now a water walker. You are now a, 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 a death-defying uh, Christian. You uh, can raise the dead. Who wants to see the dead raised? Who wants to see the dead raised through them? Yes. Okay, who's prayed for a dead person to be raised up? <laughs> no, no I'm, I'm, no, I'm just, that, that's awesome. If we aren't ever stepping out and believing that we can be this person that is a, a dead raiser, we'll never, we'll never do it. So we have, to, we have to know some things about who we've been created to be. You know, when I first came back to the Lord, I was 21, uh, the very first question that sparked an encounter with God when I was 21 that changed uh, changed my life and stopped me from going down uh, a, a path to hell was this question, God, who am I? I? I asked that question, God, who am I? And uh, then he began to reveal to me um, who he's made me to be. And that's been, uh, since then, that was, I was 21, so that's been, I'll date myself, nine years and I'm still learning, I'm still discovering, I'm still walking out and, and getting this discovery of who God's created me to be. But it all stems from who, is in my, who, who my spirit man is. It's, it's not about our flesh, it's not about um, our backgrounds, it's not about uh, what gender we are, what color we are, um, it doesn't matter where you went to school, it doesn't matter if you grew up poor, None of that matters. It's about what, what your spirit man looks like. And if you can identify with that spirit man, then you'll start seeing the dead race. Then you'll start having the boldness to walk up to a dead body and fully expect that thing to come alive. Fully expect that person to fly right back in that body and wake up. So um, this... Um, is something that literally from the beginning of time, um, we were created to walk in, that all men were created to walk this way. Um, I believe Adam uh, walked in full power, full authority. He spoke and, and it happened. And God has always, his plan has always been to get us back to what we had in the garden. What we had in the garden. He, if, you, if you read the entire book, at the end, we basically are back on the earth, and it's like the Garden of Eden again, and that is our happily ever after. We are here on the earth. It all works out for good, and we get back to the original plan that God had where we are uh, on the earth, uh, full of, of the same power that Jesus had, the same power that Adam had. Uh, that we have a glorified body at that point where we can... Uh, Apparently, we can like float in the sky. We can translate from one part of the earth to another. Uh, we can walk through walls. Um, that's coming, and, and we're looking forward to that day. And, and Romans 8 talks about how we're groaning 
uh, that our body would get um, glorified, that we'd get that new body, and that's coming, that's coming. When we get caught up in the air with the Lord, we, in the twinkling, twinkling of an eye, our body gets changed, and we become just like him. Uh, Romans 8.19, Romans 8.19, it says this, uh, for the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. Imagine all of creation is eagerly waiting. They have an expectation for the revealing of the sons of God. Now, that is you and I, but I think so many of us have yet to be revealed. We have yet to be revealed. We have yet to peel off the layers of, of flesh that we hide under, uh, these layers of identifying ourselves with certain groups, identifying ourselves with anything that is not Jesus. And, and that's what's hindering us. That's what is being, uh, that's what all creation is waiting for. They're eagerly waiting that we would just be revealed and there would be like, wow, that's a son of God right there. That's a son of God right there. How, do, how is creation gonna know we're a son of God? Because we're gonna look, we're gonna talk, we're gonna smell like, we're gonna, we're gonna be just like Jesus, uh, the first son of God, but we are the sons of God. So, uh, did you know that Jesus prayed for you? Jesus had a, Jesus specifically prayed for you and I, and um, he prayed this literally right before he was gonna be betrayed. So he knew this was, this was about to happen. He knew that his final hour was upon him, that he was about to be betrayed, that uh, Judas was gonna betray him. And so he, in his final hour, prays for you and I. And I think it's interesting because we can really get a concept of what Jesus wants us to know, what Jesus wants for us based on that prayer. And so that prayer is, is, is huge. So let's go to it. That's in actually uh, John 17. John 17. You know, we might think if we're about to leave the earth and you know that you're going to have um, a following that comes after you, how would you pray? How, if you were Jesus, how would you pray? You know, you might, might pray something like, Father God, protect them. Father God, um, give them this, give them that. Father God, give them these things. And that's a lot of our, the, the church as a whole, the body of Christ, the prayer is give me this. It's give me that, help me with this, help me with that. Give me joy, give me peace, uh, give me uh, you know, these things. But if, how Jesus prayed shows that we don't, we don't need to ask for those things, that we already possess those things, and he knew we were gonna possess them, and that we actually just have to have an understanding that they're ours already. So uh, turn to verse 20. Jesus starts out, uh, he says, I do not pray for these alone, which were the disciples that he was with that were overhearing his prayer, uh, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they will all that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us, 
that the world may believe that you sent me. So depending on how we recognize that we're one as a body of Christ, as, as Christians, depending on how well we realize that we are one, um, that's going to determine whether the world believes that Jesus was sent from the Father. Okay? That's, that, that's the first thing that, um, that we have to do to, re- to realize, for, for the world to realize that Jesus was sent from the, from the Father. So let's keep going. In the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one, just as we are one, I in them, and you in me, that they be made perfect in one, that the world may know that you have sent me, and have loved them as you have loved me. We are, he, he's also saying, he's not repeating himself. Let's be aware that this isn't Jesus repeating, he's saying something separate in here. Jesus doesn't say anything by mistake, and he's just not repeating himself. He's not saying, well, this sounds good, I'm gonna say this twice. Um, this is, he's, he's actually saying in this part that first part was um, the world will know that the Father has sent me if you realize that you are one, if you have an understanding that the body of Christ is one. The second prayer is that, that we would be um, aware that we are one with him, that we are one with him. If we know that we are one with him, literally one, literally one, that we and him, we're, we're so tight, uh, that you as an individual are so tight with the Lord that you can't tell each other apart. Now, that's not blasphemy. That's not saying that you're the Lord and you're the Savior, but you are a son of God. And as a son of God, you are considered one with the Father, just as Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the Father are one, we are also one with him. That means there's no separation. That means there's no difference. That means we might have different purposes, but the, the DNA makeup of who we are is exactly the same. And, and if that's blowing your mind, st- stick with me. Um, jump to First uh, John. So this isn't just something I'm, I'm gonna give you quite a few references at th- that this is really the case. That we are exactly like Jesus, that there is nothing different from us than when Jesus was on the earth, he walked uh, as a man, possessed by the Holy Spirit, born of God. That's the same thing as you and I. There's no difference. There's no, he had a different purpose at the very end of his life, which was to be the Lord, uh, or be the Savior, and sacrifice himself for us. Up until that point, he was setting the example of what we can do, of what we should do. We, we have that same call. Okay, so 1 John 4.17 says, Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Here, and, and then here's the important part. Here's the emphasis I want to make. Because as he is, that's referencing Jesus, capital H, so are we in this world. Now, I love that it, that it clarifies that it's talking about right now. It's not when you get to heaven. It's not when you get to heaven, you'll be like Jesus. As he is, so are we in this world. We, our DNA makeup, our spirit, the, the, the person that's 
uh, truly who we are is, is identical to the, to the very Son of God, the firstborn, Jesus. And if we don't recognize that, we're gonna have a hard time walking this, this life out of impossibility. If we don't realize that Jesus is literally a, uh, the first one, he's the example, and we are identical to him, we're gonna have a hard time walking this out. Everything stems from who you think you are. You know, uh, there's a proverb that says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As you think about yourself, as your perception of who you are, that's who you're going to be. That's who you're gonna walk out. Now, what if your perception was me and Jesus are one? There's no difference. We have the same DNA. We're both born of God. We're both filled with the Holy Spirit, and we are both um, uh, a man. We're both, you know, born of this world as well. So if we have that um, mindset, if we have that thought of ourself, if we think that way in our heart, that's how we'll be. You can't force this. You can't, you can't make it happen by willpower. You can't um, you know, raise the dead because you really want it to happen. You can't, raise, you can't uh, see the sick healed uh, because um, you are hoping that, that, uh, that what I'm saying is true. You have to raise the dead uh, by knowing who you are. By knowing who you are. When you know who you are, it's like, this is what I'm meant to do. This is who I am. I am a dead raiser. I have resurrection power flowing through my veins. And that changes everything. Your identity, who you are. Um, so the word of God, the word of God is like a sword, right? It's like a sword, sharper than any two-edged sword. And I'm talking about uh, the verse in Hebrews. And it, um, it can penetrate even to the dividing of the soul and the spirit. The word of God divides the soul and the spirit. What does that mean? You can get a definition. The word defines your sword, your sword, your soul and your spirit. So there is a difference did you know that you are a three-part being? Just as God, uh, the uh, Trinity, is a three-part being, so are we. We have a, a body, we have, we're flesh, we also have a soul, and we are a spirit. We have a soul, we have a body, and we are a spirit. So. The spirit is who we are. If we identify with our soul, our emotions, uh, who we are, who we just possibly think we are, we're completely missing out on who we truly are. But the word of God is the only thing that divides the soul and the spirit. So the only way to understand our spirit is by the word of God. So without the, without the word of God, whether that be the Bible or a spoken word directly from him to us, without that, we don't have an understanding of who we are. We, we are we're lost. We're, we think that we are uh, who we feel like we are, who we see uh, next to us. Turn with me uh, to James. 
Thank you, Lord. James chapter 1. says this, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. We're in verse 22. Doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. So think about this. Not only is the word like a sword where it's able to define your soul and your spirit, but it's also like a mirror where you're able to see the reflection of who you are and you're able to know what that spirit, uh, what your spirit looks like. Did you know that you've never seen your face? You have no, for sure, you've never seen your face. You don't know for sure what you look like. You don't know. You've never seen your face. Now you've seen a reflection of your face, and you trust the mirror to show you what your face looks like, but you've never seen your face. You've seen your face backwards. Now I'm not, I'm not trying to get you to doubt what your face looks like. I'm, a, I'm making a point. The Word of God is a mirror, and it's reflecting who your spirit is. And we, without the word, without a word from the Lord, we don't know what we look like. So we have to trust the mirror. Just as we trust the mirror to to do our hair, to put on our makeup, which I never do, (laughs) we have to trust the mirror to, to get an accurate picture of who we've been created to be. Um, who's the word? The word became flesh. That is Jesus. In the beginning was the word. The word was with us. I'm, I'm getting it all backwards. But, but Jesus is the word. He's the mirror. When we read through scripture, we should be looking at Jesus. Anything he does Anything he says, any way he is, that's a reflection. Jesus is our reflection. We should should look exactly like him. Exactly like him. Um, How well do we trust the mirror? Now, I asked earlier who's, who's, who's prayed for the Who's prayed to see the dead raised? Who spoke to a dead body? And I saw a few hands. But if you trusted the mirror, it would just be normal. It would just be normal. When, I see, when you see a sick person, when you, when you have a relative that's sick, when, uh, when there's uh, someone who's in need, doesn't matter who it is, are we the answer? See, what this does is it takes away excuses because you become the answer, because you're Jesus on this earth. Did you know that you're the only Jesus some people will ever see? You're the only Jesus. There's, the reality is uh, there's many that are taking the wide path that leads to destruction, and 
they're never going to see who Jesus is. You're their only chance. So if we, this isn't optional. We can't think of this life, this walk, where we walk as Jesus walked. It's not optional. I don't see a scripture that says you can choose this if you want to. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a should I, it's not a, um, an option of, yeah, that someday I'm going to get there. Trust the mirror today. You can just instantly say, well, the, this says that I'm just like Jesus, so since I'm just like Jesus, I can do what he did. I can do what the word says that I can do. I can see, I can see uh, the sick healed. I can see um, the wind stopped. I can walk on water. Now, I haven't walked on water yet, but I plan to. And I, I'm, and I'm, and I try. I mean, if you're not ever going to try, are you ever going to do it? If you're never going to try to pray for the sick, are you ever going to do it? Did you know that Jesus, uh, he never had fear. He was 100% fearless. There was no fear of failure in him. Even, even his first miracle, his first miracle, Mom, it's not my time. But he, it wasn't based out of fear. And he said, all right, uh, go fill these up, fill these barrels up with water. And his mom says, do as he says. And sure enough, turns to wine. Fearless. He knew what he said was going to happen. Do we know what we, what we say is going to happen? Do we believe that? We have... So, so Romans 12, 2 says, do not be transformed. Or do not be transformed. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What does that renewing of your mind look like? Well, that, that would be you, you would renew it until you have the full manifest mind of Christ. Because we've been given the mind of Christ. Now, th- have you ever stopped to think, what in the world does that mean, that I have the mind of Christ? It means that you think the exact same way he thinks. Did you know that he never once had a thought of guilt or condemnation? Never once had a thought of guilt or condemnation. He had no reason to. He was sinless. Did you know that you're sinless? The, the Romans 8, 1 says, Therefore now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Did you know that when you experience guilt that you're out of faith, that you are not aware of your reflection, that, you're, that you don't see yourself how the Lord sees you when you're in condemnation. So we have the mind of Christ. We can think just like he thinks. We can see just like he, think, he sees. When he saw a problem, he never cowered. He never worried. He never feared. He knew he was the answer. We're the answer. We're the answer to this world. This last day church that is the army that God's raising for these last days will know that they are just like Jesus and they're going to have the mind of Christ where they are not under condemnation, 
not under guilt, that they walk worthy of the Lord, that they walk as Jesus walks, meaning their sin is not even a thought in their mind. That when temptation comes, when the enemy comes to tempt them, only thing that comes up inside of them is the word of God. That, it's the, that they've fed on the word, that they know who Jesus is, so they know who they are. And they're able to counter every, every single uh, temptation that comes their way. So we've been given this mind. We've been given uh, the same, uh, th- th- we don't have any excuses. I-, I know it's easy to sit back and be like, well, you just don't know how I was raised. You just don't know how uh, my life's gone. You don't know what I've been through. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're not looking at the outside. We're not to look at the outside. The outside man perishes. The inside man is renewed daily. Uh, one of my favorite chapters, let's turn there real quick. Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians. Chapter five. One of my favorite chapters. If you, if you just study this chapter, I mean, it's going to take you, take you weeks to even have a basic understanding of what it's saying. It is so deep. It's so rich. There's so many layers of truth in here. I love it. Okay, we're going to start in verse 16. It says, this is Paul talking to the church at Corinth. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh... Yet now we know him thus no longer, meaning we don't know him according to the flesh any longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that's any believer, that's anyone who's been born again, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. When did they become new? Right now. Right, right now it's brand new. And, and then right now it's brand new. Everything has become brand new. Right now, it's a constant state that you are in that everything old has passed away and everything has been made brand new. So there's no more excuses because we're a new creation. There's some translations that actually say we're a new species, a new species that didn't exist before. We are a new creation. Every, all old things have passed away. The guy that, um, that was the one who was getting sick, the guy that deal, dealt with sin and, and, and shame and condemnation and guilt, that's passed away. When did it pass away? Right now. Right now. This should be exciting because everything has been wiped clean. And you are a brand new creation right now. So you have resurrection power flowing through you right now. Now, if you walk out the doors and, and you're having a hard time saying, well, that's not, I don't, I don't know if that's right. I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if that's me. What if I fail? You're like a man who's looked in the mirror and forgot what he looks like. 
because you got to be a doer of the word. You have to be a doer. What's the word? Jesus is the word. We do what he does. We do what he did. So we're doers. I, I can tell you, don't let fear, don't let fear stop you. The fear of failure, I see it more, and, and I've dealt with the same thing so many times, that we let what ifs stop us from, from seeing what's supposed to be. We let what ifs. What if this happens? What if, what if I look like a fool? Old things pass away. All things are going to be made new. Who cares what you, if you look like a fool? Who cares? It's not about you. It's not, it's, it's not your, it's not your job, it's not your faithfulness that causes it to happen. It's the Lord's faithfulness. It's your ability to trust what he says is true, the reflection. So believe the reflection. You have the power, you have the ability to say, be healed, and then watch someone Watch their eyes light up as all of a sudden the pain leaves. When you have the ability to say, rise up and walk, and you have the ability to see life come back into a dead body, have you pictured yourself doing these things? I think before Jesus ever saw it happen, before he ever saw a miracle, I believe that he was, was imagining it. He was using his imagination. He was when he was younger, I'm sure he was reading through the scriptures like, that's me. That, that person in Isaiah that heals the sick and cleanses the lepers and uh, gives sight to the blind, that's me. And he starts imagining what that's going to be like. And, and when he comes across someone that is paralyzed and he says, rise up and walk, I bet he's imagined that happening before it happened. But he did that because he saw his reflection in the word and identified, that's me. We're the same way. We're, we're, he's our example. We're designed to be just like him. When, when we see Jesus and what he's doing, that's us. That's us. So if there's problems going on, don't try to just seek out, oh, so-and-so, when they pray, stuff happens. Just have a realization of who you are, that you're the son of God, that you have the same power that Jesus had, and the same Holy Spirit that rose Christ from the dead dwells in you. And if you will just have that, I know this, I know, I know that's who I am, you'll start seeing it. It doesn't happen the other way. You're not going to do it and then all of a sudden realize that's who you are. You have to know who you are based on the mirror and you'll see it and you'll start seeing the Lord manifest. So say, say with me. Say with me. I am just like Jesus. There's no difference in the spirit between us. We are one. Just as, he is one, just as he is one with the Father. With the Father. And if you'll take that and you'll run with that, there's no limit. 
It's a limitless life. There's no stopping you. There's no stopping you from running this, this race. And the gates of hell, they're scared. They're scared. Because you'll all of a sudden have the identity that, hey, all these, all these, this, these problems in the world, I can fix them. I can do it. Why? Not because of who you are. We can do nothing without the Lord. We can't do anything apart from him being one with us. Before we were one with him, we were nothing. We were useless. But since we've come into communion with the Lord and union with him and we've been made one with him, there's no stopping us. It's endless. All things are possible. Jesus didn't hold back. And he knows. He's the Lord. So when he says all things are possible, all things are possible to him who believes. So any problem, I had this prayer and it's, I think that it's so relevant for us that we would just begin to take the limits off of God, that we would take the limits off of God and we would recognize that taking the limits off of God is also taking the limits off of us. One thing that I'll share with you that um, you'll, you might have a hard time believing, but if you knew me when I was younger, uh, you'd be probably surprised. I grew up as a kid absolutely petrified of public speaking. Petrified. I, uh, when I would, took speech class in high school, um, I didn't give one speech the whole time because I was so afraid to get up in front of anyone. I failed. I failed speech class the first time through because I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. It was my day to, to go to, to give my speech, and I, wouldn't, I didn't show up. I'm just, I'm just not going to show up that day. And, uh, and then I talked to the teacher after, you know, because he would approach me, hey, you're, you're up. And I'm like, look, I'm sorry, I can't do it. I, I will freeze. And I would literally freeze up in front of people because it was petrifying to me. And so I had this fear that I was, that I was dealing with, but when I began to understand that me and Jesus, that we're really alike, yeah. it was like, well, if, if he can do it, so can I. Yeah. If he can do it, then I can. And then, then God began to say, okay, I want you to start speaking in front of people. And then I had to be like, all right, well, I'm going to trust the mirror. I'm going I'm to trust your word. If it's something that you want me to do, then you've equipped me the, with the ability to do it. And eventually I just became, uh, overcame and got the courage to just start going up and speaking. And, and then all of a sudden I realized that when I'm, give, when I'm speaking God's word, when I'm doing what he's called me to do, it's just easy. It's not, it's not something that I have to try to do. But if, if I were to try to give you some speech about something else, it would be horrendous, I guarantee it. You would, you'd be like, what is he talking about? And that's just the grace of God. That's just the ability that he's put in me that it's something that when I got born again, that our oneness, my oneness with the Lord, it's just an ability that he said, here you go. And anything that he's called you to do, it comes, the ability comes from your oneness. It comes from your ability to be one with Jesus. You know, that the, the, the Bible says that that's the mystery, the mystery that revealed that it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. That's the mystery revealed. 
Christ in it, the anointed one, that's what Christ means, the anointed one in us. So we are the anointed ones. We have the anointed one in us, so that makes us the anointed ones. So we walk in his anointing. It says that we live by the faith of the Son of God. We live by his faith. It's not our faith that we live by. It's his faith. So there's no excuses. There's nothing holding us back. We're, we're the ones that are the last day army. We're the ones that are called to, to be uh, dead raisers. And there's nothing that's going to hold us back. So uh, let, let's just, let's, let's go. Let's get outside these four walls. And let's go. Let's be Jesus to this world. Because all creation is calling out, crying out for you being revealed as the son. As the son of God. So let's do it. Let's be, that, let's be who we're called to be, amen? Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that it shows us exactly who you called us to be. We hope you enjoyed this message. Find our other messages on iTunes or visit our website at lcboise.com and follow us on social media, Life Church Boise. Thank you and have a blessed day.